welcome to the Locked on Leafs podcast. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive. You can find me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show while you're at it at Locked on Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, please be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a rating and a comment too. Uh, I'll be hosting a giveaway once I receive 100 reviews. So get those in, y'all, so you can win some prizes. All right, so today uh, we're going to be talking about what happened in the NHL Draft Lottery. Because it was chaos. <laughs> and it's chaos. It's going to be chaos again once the... Uh once the teams get eliminated from the qualifying round and and we have to do a phase two because a placeholder team won the draft lottery. That's right. And if you're not too familiar exactly, wh- like, what are you talking about, a placeholder team? Who won? We don't know yet. <laughs> so if you recall, uh, the way that the draft lottery is being held this season was that the seven teams that were eliminated from the playoffs, so that's you know Ottawa, Detroit, L.A., uh, Anaheim, Buffalo, New Jersey, and then Ottawa had a second pick because they had San Jose's. They were you know the top seven. They had the top seven odds of winning one of the three draft slots. If all three of the draft slots were won by those seven teams, we wouldn't have had to do a second phase of the draft lottery. But if one of the placeholder teams, the remaining eight, to get to that 15 number that we usually have. They were placeholder teams, you know, A, B, C, D, all the way through. And we have um, a placeholder team actually win the lottery, not just, you know, pick three or pick two like we've seen over the past few years. You know, teams like the Rangers going all the way up to number two or Carolina went all the way up to number two. Philly had a big jump up to two last year as well. Kirby Doc was a big uh, a big leap for Chicago to make. I believe they were like 10th and moved up to three. We didn't see that this year. We saw a move all the way up to number one. That's right. Team placeholder E somehow won the NHL draft lottery and uh, it's 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 created a bit of chaos, a bit of spark. So we'll talk on that. We'll discuss um, the fact that the Leafs actually, technically, because of this, still have an, uh, a shot at winning the first overall draft pick. They could win the first overall pick, and they could have a chance to draft Alexis Lafreniere. So we'll talk about whether or not uh, you know we, we think that'll happen, and, and what'll happen if they do, in fact, end up getting a shot to do it. And then also we'll just discuss some of the some of the storylines and some of the players that are going to be involved uh, in the 2020 NHL draft. Um, other than just talking about Lafreniere, because it's going to be a good draft. It's going to be a really, really good one, and we're going to get some guys on here to, to talk about it. You know, a friend of the show, Tony Ferrari, he should be coming on. Uh, possibly I'll try and get him on next week to discuss, you know, kind of the fallout about what's going on, and then, you know, maybe see uh, if, if he can kind of link some of these players to some of these teams now that we have somewhat of a, a draft we have the top eights, well, two through eight we have that are that are set in place. So those teams know where they'll be drafting. All the other teams, the remaining eight, have no idea. They have no clue where they're going to be drafting. We don't even know who, what teams are going to be drafted and what order. So, um, so basically, because a placeholder team won the NHL draft lottery, what that means is uh, they're going to all the the, the 
qualifying teams that remain. So whoever finished from 5th to 12th in the conference will now have a shot at the first overall pick. So that could include the Pittsburgh Penguins. That could include the Vancouver Canucks. That could include the Montreal Canadiens. That could include your Toronto Maple Leafs. So what's going to happen is once they, you know, after the, the qualifying round of the playoffs, whoever gets eliminated in those five game series will be put in another lottery and each team will have an equal 12.5% odds of winning this lottery. Quite the consolation prize for getting eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> like some of these teams wouldn't have had anywhere near the opportunity, a 12.5% chance of winning a lottery if playoffs hadn't been expanded and they would have just had to go, you know, the regular route. They would have only had like a six, six, maybe even as low as, as, as a 1% chance of winning the lottery. And now they're going to have as high as a 12, well, they will have a 12.5% chance. It's crazy. It's it's. I don't think anybody expected for a placeholder to win the first pick. You know, I I'll be honest with you. I see a lot of people being like, "This is a joke, an absolute joke." Like, you know, making a joke out of it, a meme out of it. You know, Alexis Lafreniere to go to a team to to be determined at a later date. You know, player to be named later. Well, this is a team to be named later. Um, and, you know, it's gotten a lot of negative press over the lottery format and the way that they decided to go about things. I'll be honest with you. I actually love it. You know, I, I mean, I love chaos. It's given it's, it gives us content to talk about now, literally for another like two weeks, three weeks. Well, actually way more than that. We'll probably have content until at least mid-August to kind of discuss, you know, oh, which teams are going to end up, you know, winning this this placeholder position. You know, our teams maybe going to going to tank if they go down you know a game or two in these best of five series you know what's it gonna look like do you think that maybe you know the Edmonton Oilers are gonna luck out and get another first round first overall pick you know is the fix in for Montreal to get the French kid Alexis Lafreniere like there's so much content and so many talking points over team E getting it as opposed to let's say a team like Ottawa it's like okay Ottawa got uh, got the first pick they have Lefrenier and then they'll get another pick as well um with with having another top five pick uh and that would have been it like oh good for Ottawa they're gonna get a, a solid player and and you know he'll be a senator hopefully for for many many years and help bring that team back to uh to the playoffs and back to, to Stanley Cup contention but now we don't know like, there's so many different things that could happen. Like, what if he ends up, like, what if Pittsburgh somehow loses, like, Carey Price goes on a tear and shuts it down and the, the, the Montreal Canadiens defeat Pittsburgh and then Pittsburgh ends up winning the lottery? You're going to have Lafreniere on a line with one of Geno Malkin or Sidney Crosby. Like, that would just be unreal. That would be amazing if that were to happen. Uh, it, would, it would be amazing. Like, I, I don't know. I like it. The, the thing that I do worry about, and this was one of the worries that I had when it first came out, when it was like, okay, we're going to do this, and then if a team ends up winning a, a lottery slot, we'll have to do the second phase after the qualifying round. I said to myself, hmm, if a team ended up winning one of these spots, whether it be first, second, or third, would they start? Would they try and tank? Is it going to ruin the integrity of the qualifying round if a team like 
uh, Montreal, we'll say, who I don't think has a hope in hell of really making a deep playoff run. You know, they might get lucky and win a five-game series against Pittsburgh and, and make it to round one, but don't see them making it too far past that. Um, so would there be an incentive for them to kind of tank and take it easy? You know, like, I don't know. I, I, I always ask this, and, and I always players always tell me, and athletes always tell me, there's no, like, these guys have so much pride. You know, players don't tank. It's not a player's thing, right? That's more of a, a management thing. They they trade away guys, and they don't build the lineup properly, um, and, and you end up with a bunch of AHLers and, and young guys who are just trying to make it in the league, kind of like you look at, you know, Detroit's format where they had, like, Tyler Bertuzzi, yeah, he's a serviceable NHL player, but he's not a first liner, which is what he was playing this season in in Detroit. So you don't really have that in the playoffs, I suppose. Like Montreal does have a lot of really good good players. Um, you know, Brendan Gallagher, Carey Price, Shea Weber, you know, just to name a few, Max Domi, Druin. They have some guys that they could, if they went on a run, end up doing some things and, and get past Pittsburgh. But if they do end up trailing, say 2-0 in the series, what makes you think they're going to even show up for Game 3 and they'll just say, ah, whatever, we'll take our 12.5% odds at, at winning the first round pick or the first overall pick and getting Alexi Lafreniere. If not, we're going to get like the ninth pick because we, we're going to end up being the, the bottom feeder team anyways that ends up with a, with, uh, with a good draft pick and, and that'll be that. So they could say, whatever, let's just kind of throw this one and end up with a top 10 pick regardless you know what about Toronto and maybe I'll save this for for after the break but you know there's conversations you know they can go in there too it's like hmm is Toronto ready to compete right now I think they are but what if if, if they lose to Columbus who let's be honest I think Columbus is is going to give them a run for their money I think that the matchup-wise, which we'll get into a little bit more in the coming weeks, is going to be a little bit more difficult than if they were to play, you know, a more run-and-gun style team like themselves, um, just because, you know, uh, they've struggled this season with playing against teams who play structured hockey very well. So if they end up losing, well, then they, consolation prize, 12.5% 12.5% odds of winning the number one pick. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Um, I don't uh, I don't think I said this yet, but LA ended up getting the number two pick, so they moved up a couple of spots. LA uh, are going to have a decision to make because there's some good players. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Ottawa ending up with picks three and five. So two picks in the top five in a really deep draft. It's going to be a, a franchise-altering draft for the Senators. You know, it would have been better if they ended up winning, you know, the first pick, but obviously that didn't happen. Uh, But they'll still get two really, really good players at three and five. Detroit dropping from one all the way down to four. So their big old tank tanked. (laughs) It didn't work out well at all for Detroit. So uh, that's going to be our top five. We do not know who the first overall pick is going to be, but L.A. gets number two. Ottawa gets number three, Detroit gets number four, and then Ottawa again at number five. Uh, so let's talk about the merits for the Leafs if they can win the pick. 
But first, I got to tell you guys about the best tasting protein bar in the game today, and that's the Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's so good and has over 20 unique flavors like dark chocolate, salted caramel, peanut butter, brownie. You almost feel guilty eating it. But best of all, it's healthy. It's the perfect treat for that health conscious guy who's looking to lose or maintain weight. These bars are low calorie, low sugar, high fiber, high protein bars. They're delicious. They're healthy. You got to get them. Go to Built Bar. Com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your first order. That's the promo code locked on. And right now, right now, you go to the website, fifty percent off everything. All proceeds going to charity too. So use the promo code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com. Okay, so let's get to what what what's going on in Leafland, all right? What, what are we talking about here with the Leafs? What, what can they do? Okay, so basically there's going to be two options or two scenarios that happen. Either A, the Leafs are going to defeat the Columbus Blue Jackets in the five-game qualifying series and, and contend for the playoffs and go on and try and have a Stanley Cup run. They have a great team. They certainly have the players and the goal. Like they, they have the team that can make a run. I truly believe that. I truly do. I'm not just being a homer. Like, you you look at the way that Austin Matthews was playing towards the end of the season before everything got shut down. He was, like, playing like a man possessed. Like, he was playing well, you know, defensively. He was a puck hound. He was ripping the puck like we've never seen him do before. You know, he was his, his hockey sense was up there. And, and you know what? He stayed healthy this season. Another underlying kind of storyline that we didn't talk about, but he's had a lot of health question marks over the first couple seasons of his career this year completely healthy and he showed what he can do when he's healthy so um i think this is a team that can contend so i i don't want to talk about how like oh we should you know the Leafs should talk maybe think about like if if we lose if we lose like it's not too bad because then we'll get the first a shot a 12 and a half percent chance at the first overall pick I don't think that's going to happen because I do believe that the Leafs are going to beat Columbus and hopefully go on a big playoff run because I believe in this team. But what happens if they do? Now, here's the misconception that a lot of people I saw tweeting were really, really upset because the Leafs traded their 2020 first rounder to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Patrick Marlowe because they wanted, or well, with Patrick Marlowe to get rid of his contract. But here's the thing. That pick is top 10 protected. So, A, nice foresight for Dubas to put a top 10 protection on that. Because I don't think anybody expected for that pick to, to have an, a, a chance at being a top 10 pick. But for him to have the foresight, but you know what? If there is, let's just put that protection on it just in case. And now, as we sit here, I mean, there's a, a chance that it could be the number one pick, which is in the top 10. So if the Leafs do win it, then they get that pick back and Carolina will receive their 2021 first round pick. Now it'll be unprotected. So the Leafs will get that first round pick if they win this lottery. And they'll keep it. <laughs> 100% they're going to keep it. And now the question is, do they need Alexis Lafreniere? Like you think about what they have up front. They got Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Janssen. They got Nick Robertson coming up. Going to be a stud. Hopefully we get to see him in the playoffs. You know, Zach Hyman has turned out to be a pretty nice piece up front. I think he's going to be a 20-25 goal scorer the rest of his career. Kapanen, Janssen, you know, they, they have some pieces up front. Do they really need 
another forward in that group? Yes, because he's not just another forward. Alexis Lafreniere is, I'm not going to go ahead and say generational, but he is an exceptional prospect. He wasn't technically being given uh, exceptional status in the QMJHL, but he was the first overall pick for Ramuski. Do you know who the Ramuski Oceanic took the last time they had a first overall pick in the QMJHL draft? Sidney Crosby. Other than Connor McDavid, it's been said that Lafreniere is the best prospect to come out of the draft since McDavid and before that Crosby, which means, yes, he's being touted to be a better prospect than Austin Matthews. Now, Matthews, I think, in my opinion, has turned out to be a much better player than was initially thought. I don't. I, I wasn't sure if he was going to be a, a 50 goal scorer when he was drafted, and that's what he's turned out to be. So I mean, he's he's exceeded expectations for me. That's not to say that you know Le- Lafreniere is going to be better than than Matthews, but as a prospect at the time of the draft, he's being touted as as a better prospect in evaluations. Why wouldn't you want that? <laughs> so the answer is yes. I think that the Leafs would definitely take Lafreniere. Now, here's the thing. I got to figure out if it's Lafreniere or Lafreniere because I'm pretty sure I've been been saying both. And I'm sorry that that annoys me to to no end when I'm listening to other people talk about uh, players and and they they mispronounce names and call them different things. And I'm so sorry. I'm going to go with with, um, with Lafreniere for the rest of this podcast, okay? So sorry if that annoyed you, but... Um the, the 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 other question is you know if they do end up with the first round pick, first overall pick, I think they keep it and they take them. But then there's the other debate. What have the Toronto Maple Leafs needed for years? Years. A cornerstone right shot defenseman to anchor the blue line. Jamie Drysdale is a player from the Erie Otters playing in the OHL who is just that. He is going to be a number one defenseman for years to come in the NHL. He's not going to be a, well, he could be, but he's most likely not going to be a top three selection. And if you're Toronto, you know, are you going to waste that first overall pick on Drysdale when you have, you know, Lafreniere sitting there? They say, okay, well, what about trading back then? You know, you find a team, you know, maybe, you know, third, fourth, fifth overall, you know, you kind of trade back and and, and then that team gets Lafreniere and then you get an opportunity to to draft Jamie Drysdale along with other assets. Because trust me, if you are trading that pick, that is going to be an expensive, expensive pick to acquire. And it's it'll take a lot. But think about who's picking third, fourth, and fifth. Interdivision rivals. You got Ottawa at third, Detroit at fourth, and Ottawa again at fifth. And I'd be surprised if Drysdale made it out of the top five. It's possible. Don't get me wrong. It's totally possible. But I'd be surprised. 
So then you're thinking to yourself, do you really want to move with one of those players, with one of those teams, and give them the first overall pick and then have to play Lafreniere for the next decade or two? No, I don't want to. I would much rather have him on my team. Much rather have him on my team. So if they do end up winning the first overall pick, I personally am on team draft Lafreniere. I don't think you could have enough depth, especially when it comes to scoring. That's what wins games. Do they need to work on their blue line? 100%. For sure. But I think they can do that in other avenues. I think Sandine's coming up. You know, he's, he he looks like he could be a good defenseman. Lilligren showed some, some positives, some progressions over the course of the season when he got his call up. You know, I think there's still some, some work to be done on the blue line, 100%. Barry's going to be gone next season, but I just, you can't, even how stacked this team is up front, if they win that first overall pick, which again, I don't think is going to be likely to happen, but if they do, don't worry about trading back and, and, and fixing the blue line. I am on team draft Lexi. Got to do it. Got to do it. All right. Uh, so coming up after this, we will chat about the 2020 NHL draft prospects and who else is going to be in this draft other than Lafreniere and which means there's going to be a lot of players entering this draft that are going to be divisional rivals for the next decade. So we'll talk about those guys. But first, I do got to tell you guys about Rock Auto. Chain stores have different prices, different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliable low and the same for professionals and the do-it-yourselfers so why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com All right, so we already know that Alexis Lafreniere is going to be the number one overall pick. I would be shocked if he doesn't end up going number one because, you know, as I stated earlier, he is an exceptional player. Was an exceptional status, but he's still an exceptional player. And I think, uh, you know, he's one of the best draft prospects to come out uh, since, since, you know, Connor McDavid, you know, as, as, as they're saying. But... You know, sometimes you just get one draft prospect, the top guy, and then it dips from there. That's not the case in this draft. This is going to be a really, really good draft. Like, this is this one could rival McDavid's draft, 2016, you know, where you saw McDavid. You saw, um, 
Jack Eichel, Marner, Besser, Barzell, Konechny, Kyle Connor. You know, so many great players in that draft uh, that rivals the, the t- 2003 draft, which at the top for many, many years was considered the best draft of all time. And now 2016 starting to really rival that as some of these guys are starting to come into their own. And again, I think this season has a chance to be almost as good, if not as good as that class. Um, so with Lafreniere going to be the number one pick, don't know where yet, <laughs> but he's going to be a superstar in this league wherever he goes. So he's going to be the number one pick, though. The real question comes at number two. So LA is going to have a tough decision on their hands. Do they take the goal scorer in Stutzel or Stutzla? Or do they take the center in Byfield? For the longest time, Byfield was the consensus number two draft prospect this season. And then, out of nowhere, Stutzla overtook him as the number two draft prospect. And now, you're kind of unsure. You know, who are they going to take? The old guard says, take the center. Always take the center. And Byfield kind of has some comparables in his game to Anze Kopitar. So that'd be a pretty good, you know, pretty good uh, player to to learn from would be Kopitar. Now they do already have Gabe Velarde as well, who they took a couple of years ago, who started to finally play this season and, and looks pretty good. They get a really good, really good prospect system, actually, LA. They've done a good job, a really nice job in the rebuild. Um... So whoever they get, whether it be Byfield or Stutzla, they're going to get themselves a player. They're going to. And then at number three, four, and five. It's going to be a tough tough division. The Atlantic is going to get tough. You know, you already have Boston and, and, and Tampa, right? Toronto as well. And now you're going to have Ottawa pick up two players in the top five and potentially they could get another two with the islanders could end up in the top 10 realistically the islanders pick if things you know kind of go well for them and and the islanders end up being like a team who got eliminated with the lowest points percentage they could end up with a top 10 pick Three picks in the top 10. Regardless, they're going to have three picks in the top 50. Uh, I guess not regardless, but they could end up. They'll have three picks, two of them in the top five. So this is going to be a franchise-altering draft for them, and that's going to really invigorate the Battle of Ontario. I'm so excited for that to happen because I grew up watching the Battle of Ontario through the playoffs in the early 2000s. I want to get back to that. You know, I feel like that was the best time to be watching Maple Leafs hockey. Both those teams, really competitive. Both of those teams making playoff pushes, battling in the playoffs in a seven-game series. That was when hockey was so fun. You know, I got tons of friends growing up who were Sens fans, and I just remember, you know, having those arguments, you know, after the game, talking about it um, the next day at school and and talking about, oh, I, I, I hate Alfredson. I hate Chris Neal. Oh, my God. Chris Phillips, that guy is such an agitator. And then it'd be the same way for them, talking about Tucker and Domi and and whatnot. So, um, it's they're going to get two really good players, and and you got to think at three they're going to get whoever LA doesn't take between Stutzla and Byfield. 
I don't know which they would prefer. Maybe they would prefer Byfield because, you know, Brady Kachuk is a winger. You know, Drake Batherson's a winger. Alex Formanton, a winger. You know, they have they have some really good winger prospects coming up. They don't really have a bona fide center. So I think if, if Byfield drops them at three, they'd love that. That'd be great for them. And now they have a number one center who they believe they'll be able to line up against Austin Matthews for years to come. And that'll be a lot of fun to watch. So this draft is going to be great for for the division, not not because you know, because it's you know I want to see these teams doing well. I don't want to see them beat the Leafs, but I do want to see competitive hockey, and I want to see kind of a shakeup of the division divisional landscape in the next five years. You know, if I have to watch the Leafs play Boston every single year for the next five years, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> Like, honestly, it's it's already old, and it's only been back-to-back seasons. Might even be a third if it happens again this year. So, you know, get some new juice into this, into this division. You know, Detroit as well, they're going to have the fourth pick. They're going to be able to pick a really good player themselves. You know, a guy who they should be able to build around. Along with Mo Sider, who they took last year, and Philip Zadina. So I think uh, I, I think it's this draft is going to really really be good for the division, and it's going to be good for for watching hockey in this division. It'll be fun. Okay, uh, all right. I think that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Lee, thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. And if you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Lockdown NHL podcast where me and four other Lockdown hosts discuss the latest news around the entire league. As for this show, I'll be back with another episode later in the week. But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.